Hi everyone, we are the Gooders, people who do good. We help people dealing with life challenges and empower them to help others. Today, we are hosting Joy Ward. So nice to have you here. Thank you so much for being with us, Joy. Thank you for asking me. This podcast is brought to you by CirclesUp.com, the go-to place for life challenges like grief, divorce, cancer, and relationships. In every episode, we speak with an inspiring person who moderates an audio chat room for people dealing with the same life challenge. We will tell their story and the story of the, of the members of their groups. Again, thank you for being with us, and let's jump right in, Joey, if you can hear your story. I'll give you a little backstory. I'm, well, I'm 60 years old. I was married for 21 years, uh, divorced back in 2017. I took a little while off, you know, obviously after divorce to kind of rethink things. And I began to date again later. I got involved with a, a younger lady, about oh, 12, 13 years younger than me. We dated and were engaged. Uh, we were together a little over three years. And I say a little over three years because off and on a few times, we, we actually broke up three times or she broke up three times. I never really understood what was going on with the breakups. There was never really a clear understanding, but there was always a pattern to these things. After the last breakup, I went to doing research like many people do, going online, YouTube videos and things. And I came across narcissism and I went to looking into that and I'm like, holy cow, she's a narcissist because mm -hmm. she fits so many of the, the criteria. So I studied a lot of videos like Dr. Romani and, and things like that. And um, lo and behold, one day on my Facebook page, uh, an ad for circles pops up. Uh, and I said, you know, what the heck? Let me try it. So downloaded the app, uh, started going into the narcissistic rooms and, um, exploring the app um i think back i think i started back maybe in november of last year i don't know if i healed quicker than most people or what but i kind of reached a point through the support and made some personal friends through the, the app that we kind of support each other both in the app and outside of the app and i got to a point where i felt like i was okay and i said you know what a lot of people in this app have helped me i got some good love i got some tough love which you need both. And I said, you know, maybe it's time for me to give something back. I got something from people here and from the app, you know, and maybe it's time for me to give something back, um, not just through, you know, talking in the rooms, but actually facilitating rooms and kind of giving my take to people about what I went through and how I overcame it and how to avoid things like that in the future. The, the self-doubt, the, uh, the hyper-vigilance, the um, worrying about things when they aren't there you know it's just it's such a, a psychological and an emotional thing and i've heard people say that a narcissistic relationship when it breaks up is almost as painful as the death of a loved one uh and and i and, and it's true it really is because the trauma bond and what you deal with with these people the codependency is is damaging and it um it did a lot of damage to me But uh, I'm fortunate with the app, I feel like if I had walked through this by myself without anyone to talk to or without any people that have a common issue, it would have taken a lot longer to heal, uh, you know, outside of a, a clinical therapist or something. So the app benefited me greatly just to know that, you know, I wasn't alone and that for every one of us that are in the app, there are 
or God knows how many people out there that are dealing with this and suffering with it that uh, aren't in the app or don't have the benefit of you know, support clinically or, or just in group support from other people. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing. Can I take you back to the, uh, after you broke up, you went uh, online and you started doing a research and you realized what a narcissistic relationship is and what is a narcissistic person. So can you tell us more about that? Like what did you find out uh, while you're researching the internet? Well, I went, um, Like I said, I, I went in and ran into uh, clinical therapists and people like Dr. Romney. Uh, and there are some out there that I think are more credible than others. I, I watched more videos than I can count. I mean, hours and hours, even, even before I found the Circles app and even bought books. I mean, just studied the, the cluster B characteristics of narcissism and Um, borderline personality disorder, things like that. Um, the DSM for the, the nine characteristics of a narcissist and, you know, of course, five of the nine or whatever to, uh, to be clinically diagnosed. And obviously she's not diagnosed and I had no way of diagnosing her. But I mean, for me, it was, it's pretty, I'm pretty sure. And, and obviously she's a covert narcissist. She doesn't exhibit the qualities of a malignant narcissist or, any of the others she, she's very um, victim based and controlling in that way um, so I concentrated mostly on those types of videos and, and after a while it, it, it kind of gets repetitive you're you know they're telling you the same things but at the same time the fact that you're getting the same information from so many accredited medical professionals lends credence to to the fact that what you're believing is you know is, is medically psychologically you provable um, yeah and, and the sad thing with narcissists is that they don't tend to believe anything's wrong so they won't look at therapy uh, medications whatever it may be and uh, sadly enough even if they do the, the majority really don't receive any useful benefit from going to therapy yeah so you mind sharing that's more about the What are the things that you went through like you you had to uh, deal with in your relationship i'm I'm a very i guess empathetic person, and I think narcissist favorite target is an empathetic person an empathic person because they they have a total lack of empathy. She was very controlling uh very sarcastic, very cruel in her words that's why I say covert narcissist there was no physical abuse or anything of that nature um, she did her damage with her words and her actions the silent treatment passive aggressive behavior she seemed to totally ignore any feelings of sadness or emotion on my part if I was unhappy if I was crying it had no effect on her it, it was it was a classic case of you The rules were one way for her and another way for me and everybody else. As long as she was happy and things were going her way, she was in control, you know, things were okay. They weren't great, but they were tolerable. She would use a silent treatment to punish me. Um, she would uh, triangulate, you know, bring other people into the picture to try to compare me to them, especially her ex-husband. Anytime I didn't do something that the way she liked, she would say, oh, that's... that's like something blank would do or that you know you're acting like blank now and I'll leave his name out um, constant triangulation 
of course, the love bombing at the beginning was was very evident. And back then, I didn't know anything about any of those things. The first six, seven months, uh, love bombing, you know, there was nothing in the world I could do that was wrong. Everything was beautiful. I was wonderful. You know, I, where was I? Where where had I been her whole life? You know, all of that. And then at some point, uh, the devaluation the started. And it started subtly with a little comments, suddenly things that they liked about you and now they don't like about you. The way you comb your hair, the way you wear your clothes, the kind of foods that you like to eat, the way you chew your food. I mean, any any little low blow you know, under the table that they could throw at you. Um, the intimacy dries up. You know, bed play is pretty much gone. Um, cuddling. Just, just the little things, hand-holding, the, the, the basic things in a relationship, all of that uh, disappears. They make excuses for uh, special events, holidays, birthdays. They, they find some way to, to ruin it for everybody because it's not about them. And they really get in your head because they have you thinking that, uh, that you're the problem. And what I have to understand now is that everything that she would accuse me of uh, was in fact a reflection of what she was doing. She never accused me of cheating or anything like that, which I wasn't. But the things that she would accuse me of were, were in fact things that she was doing. She would always tell me that I needed to change, but I never knew what those changes meant. But her response to me was that she was, you know, she was what she was. She was not going to change. And that if I didn't like it, I could always go somewhere else and find somebody that would make me happy. So, again, there's the, you know, don't do what I do, do what I say kind of mentality. And, and of course, over the three and a half years, there was, this was the third discard. Each time it, uh, it lasts for, you know, anywhere from a couple of months. The last time was, I think, six months. Come back together, the love bombing comes back a little. It's never as much as the first time. It, it yeah. very quickly dies and goes back into the the devalue again, the difference being this last time that within two months of our breakup, she had uh, met somebody else, had moved him into the house and is already wearing his engagement ring. Wow. So yeah, within two months. And, but that's classic narcissism. They, when they bring someone else in, they try as quickly as they can to bring that new person up to the same level of a relationship that they had with you. Mm. So within literally a month's time, she had gone from nobody to a new guy that she was professing her love all over Facebook to and wearing his engagement ring. She, she accomplished yep. in a month with him what had taken us three years. And, and that's classic narcissism. She's trying to build in him what she had with me. And they don't look at it as an upgrade. I know people like myself, we think, you know, did they find somebody better? What was wrong with us? But quite often, they just take who of the first person is that comes along. That's easy prey. Um, the guy that she's with is divorced from his wife because he cheated on her. Yeah. But in her mind, he is he is a good available source of supply. So for the, for right now, he's he's a better choice than I am. And and those are the kind of things that a normal thinking person has a hard time grasping. How can you leave a good, loving person for someone who 
is a cheater or maybe they have a criminal record or maybe they have a substance abuse problem. A logically thinking person, that doesn't make any sense, but you have to remember with a narcissist, they're not thinking in terms of that. It's black and white with them, good or bad. When you're discarded, you become black. You're no good. You're you're a total waste of their time. You're a failure to them. The new person is a new opportunity for that fantasy that they have of the perfect person. And, of course, it, it's self-sabotaging because there is no such person. There's always – it's going to fail every time. That's the one certainty with the narcissist is that they are going to self-sabotage every time. Wow. Wow. It sounds so challenging. And um, I'm like, like, there's always – always when I'm listening to other people's story, I'm amazed, like, you know, there's, like, the headline of narcissistic relationship. But when you – kind of double down and really understand what does it mean? It sounds so, so challenging. Yeah. And yet you chose to, um, to help other people. And you mentioned uh, before that you, after you participated in rooms and got support from, from the community, you decided to open your own room, uh, audio room and uh, support people that are dealing with narcissistic relationship. Right. Can you tell us more about, who are the people like if you can think of one or two examples of people that participated in your room and their story and obviously and what they got out of being part of this conversation in your room? I noticed when I started to go into the rooms um, and I explored a little into the divorce rooms. I didn't just specifically stay in the narcissism rooms. And the reason that I went to explore it into the divorce rooms is that, as I told people in there, so many divorces in this day and age happen because one of the two people involved is in all likelihood a narcissist or portrays some narcissistic behavior just because, you know, they're in the divorce rooms talking about it. They may not even be looking at their potential ex or or spouse as a narcissist. And sadly, in the rooms, I, I discovered so many people that are going through so much more than I have. I mean, physical abuse, uh, you know, cut child custody. It's, it's, it's terrible what some of these people, their stories, the, the physical abuse being put in the hospital by their spouse, you know, money stolen, uh, being locked up or something they haven't done. You know, and I never experienced any of those things. So, you know, fortunately for me, but it was like it, it's a little humbling when you think you've got problems. And you go into these rooms and you hear people that kind of put your problems to shame because you're thinking, you know, thank God I didn't have to go through that. But uh, I listened to those and and I got something just from that immediately. Um, Just the fact that anytime you you think it's bad, there's always somebody out there that's got it worse. And in these rooms, there are a multitude of people who have it worse. And it's not just the women. Sometimes it's the men that are physically abused. And the man being the man, he, he puts up with it because he doesn't want to fight back. He doesn't want to hit the woman. So he, he just takes it. And you hear the tales of the abuse that they go through and things damaged, broken, um, and their pets being used, manipulated, the children being used against the other parent, uh, the narcissist using the children as, as leverage against the other parent and, and maybe in the custody hearings from the divorce. I learned a lot from listening to those people outside of, of anything I could have learned from videos or anything else, because, you know, the videos are just talking about the, 
the clinical or the psychological manifestations of the person. They don't really go into what the people at home are actually dealing with, um, how these people are suffering, how some of them are suicidal. There have been times when I've been in a room on the app and someone has come in and they're having panic attacks or having anxiety. They're, they're suicidal. Uh, we're, we've been yeah. on there with them and then these people disappear and everybody in the room is scrambling around trying to figure out is, does anybody know this person? Is there some way we can call and get help? You know, can we, what can we do? Are they, you know, they've disappeared. Are they really suicidal? And you see a group of people who don't know each other suddenly come together and they're scrambling to try to get this person help just in case they are serious about going through with it. And, you know, and that's frightening that somebody can get to that point in life that, uh, the depression and anxiety and all those, the trauma bond and all those things could actually affect them to the point of maybe, you know, attempting to take their life. And there have been people in the room that have talked about that they have attempted to take their lives and it just didn't work. Uh, somebody found them or, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, the suicide possibility is a real thing with so many of these people. And, um, yeah. and it's scary. And what I did is, like I said, once I reached a point that I understood that my situation, while it's bad, is not as bad as so many of them, I was able to kind of put things at peace for myself and and try to give something back. And so what I try to do is look at it from a realistic point of view. I'm, I'm more of the, I guess, the tough love kind of facilitator as far as once a person gets past the initial shock, I try to look at the reality of the situation. And what I tell them is there's there's two things in a relationship like this that they take from you. One is your heart, your love, which is repairable. You can pick your heart up and you can dust it off and and keep going and you can find somebody down the road that maybe is a good person for you. But the one thing they take from you that you can't get back is your time. And the longer you remain entangled with these people in these relationships, you're just wasting more of your time that is valuable that you can't get back. You have to work on no contact and breaking the ties to them so that you can heal. But the greatest key to healing is self-love. You can't love someone else unless you love yourself. And you've in this relationship, you've given your love to this person unconditionally. Well, they've stomped on it. Uh, now you've got to pick it up and put it back together if you ever hope to move on and find, you know, someone else in your life. And um, the no contact and things like that gives you a chance to to begin to heal without worrying about this person coming back into your life, creating drama, giving your body a chance to heal, giving your mind a chance to heal, because it, it is psychological and emotional. And until your head and your heart are on the same page, you're not going to heal. You're going to continue to cycle through this drama. You're going to continue to get hoovered back in by this person. You have to reach that point in the road where you, you close the door and you lock it and say, you're not coming through this door anymore. And you turn your back on it and walk away and work on, work on your self love. But to me, that's, those are the two things that you have to do first and foremost, and the rest will fall into place. You know, shut them out, shut out anything that ties to them. You have to, it's almost like I told people in my group the other night, you almost have to delete them out of your computer up here. Yeah. You have to erase them. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then the room that you've cleared up here where they were, 
you feel with yourself and work on bringing yourself back, whether it's where you were before the relationship with this person or whether it's the new you that you want to be after the relationship is over. Yeah. Jay, wow. I'm, I'm super, I'm overwhelmed by the journey that you personally did. Like uh, you described where you started, like uh, you didn't know nothing about right. narcissistic relationships, but now you're like a leader in this space, at least at Circle. So I really, really want to thank you for, first of all, sharing your story, uh, but mostly for being there for people and really making a difference in people's lives. So um, thank you for that. And, you know, any, anyone that listens and dealing with the, any kind of narcissistic relationship, you, they are more than welcome to join your room. Uh, it sounds like they can get a lot from it. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate the app and, and I'm just trying to give a little bit back. You, know, you take a little, you give a little. And that's, that's, that's good karma. 100%. Thank you. Thank you.